to just thrive, living a full life. I'm Lee, and I'm a lawyer, runner, cyclist, and a lover of books. I'm in my mid twenties and currently living my life to the fullest in sunny Los Angeles. And this is Grace, entrepreneur, globetrotter, and mom in her thirties, living in New Jersey. Hello. Hi. How, How are you? Are you? <laughs> I am good. It's a very beautiful day today. Rather hot, but it's sunny, and I don't have my kids around, so I have some sanity and enjoying life. <laughs> Is Alex also a parent? Yes, I'll pick her up later on today. Oh, okay. And then Emily's staying the whole week. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I, uh, I ask because um, we have to fill out uh, COVID waiver forms. And so I have to, so since parents are bringing Emily tomorrow to see the apartment, I have to um, tell the people like, oh, they're bringing Emily. So if Alex is going to go to, I would have to, you know, just let them know. Um, not that they need to sign anything because they're minors, but like every now when you go see a place, every place you go to, they make you sign like three forms uh, about COVID, um, like whether you've been exposed, uh, whether um, you've tested positive, stuff like that. So yeah, it's yeah. really tedious. Yeah, that's, that's what we do with the uh, kids drop off too. Every day you go through the whole checklist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So anyways. That's good to know um, that uh, otherwise I would like email everybody about Alex. Um, yeah, it's really hot here too. We're in like this massive heat wave and it's been like 85 to 88 degrees and it's so hot. <laughs> yeah, at least it's uh, dry hot here. But um, because of that too, there's a lot of wildfires because it's just like when you go up to the mountain areas, it's even hotter like mm -hmm. 100 so um there's just been a lot of fires and yeah plus we're always in a How's drought the water situation there are you guys restricted like how to use water like you can't let's say use it for watering the you know the, the grass and stuff like that so no but um i heard it's because southern california bought um, a lot of water from northern california and now mm -hmm. northern california actually has a shortage because mm -hmm. we've bought like a lot so mm -hmm. we don't have any you know restrictions um although mm -hmm. i feel like it would be smart because um yeah. when i drive up to northern california on the uh, side of the road oftentimes there will be signs talking about the water issue you know wow okay <laughs> oh, sorry um yeah so so, so far, um, we're okay, but it's just hot. Although I, I hear that next week, it will be better, like down to 75. So that's the problem with being in LA. You know, we always expect mm -hmm. perfect weather, like between 75 to 80. Honestly, yeah. actually like 72 to 77 is ideal. And so like anything outside of that, we're either like it's freezing or <laughs> this is too hot. And then when it rains, it's like, why is it raining? <laughs> So well, do you do you miss the four season, or you're you're pretty you know used to it, and you prefer uh, the the no winter type of uh, year round weather? No, I definitely miss the four seasons. I think because I grew up in four seasons all my life, like Christmas doesn't feel like Christmas unless it's 
cold, like miserably cold mm-hmm. and snowy. I know like New York hasn't gotten a lot of snow during like the actual Christmas holidays. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel like, you know, Christmas is associated with a big jacket and gloves and uh, scarf and hat and all like everything, right? right. Boots. But here, Christmas is is you're still potentially in shorts or like one you know uh, long sleeve. It, like right. my brain just doesn't understand. And the whole idea of like Santa Claus, right? Santa Claus wears this like red suit with boots and a hat. Right. So right. Santa Claus in Los Angeles would not be wearing such an outfit unless he's in AC. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't work. And like, you know, people like I love a Starbucks um, pumpkin spice latte, but it's, you know, mm-hmm. a hot drink. So I can't drink it when it's like 70 degrees outside. Otherwise I'm sweating. And right. um you know, like uh, hot chocolate and fireplace. The whole idea of Christmas mm-hmm. is associated with that, you know. But yeah. you know, I'm sure it's just because I—that's my norm. Whereas, you know, like Australia, they have mm-hmm. summer Christmases all the time, right. and their summer va- like their Christmas falls on summer vacation for kids. So mm-hmm. it's like a whole different type of uh, living. More um, over there, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, like culture, right? Like it, it's not not that culture is right or wrong, depending on you know various cultures. It's just your norm, and so anything outside of that feels wrong. But you forget that actually, it's just it's just because you're used to it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I miss the four seasons, but I do appreciate when it is you know, warm and uh, we don't have to spend too much on heating and stuff like that. So um, that is definitely a perk. Yeah, true, true. Cool. So today we are tackling the big subject of failure. Um, My sister and I had floated around various subjects for this next episode. And um, when the topic of failure came up, she was like, let's scratch that and, and do this one, um, which I am really, really excited about because I think it's like a lifelong journey of how to fail <laughs> and how to dig yourself out, frankly, out of failure. Um, but I do have to start off with, you know, maybe it's like my own uh, personal disclosure that I really don't like the term failure. I feel like it's it sounds like a noun and you get stuck in it. And like, once you fail, you're a failure and you're like, that's it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But one of my favorite, favorite quotes is failure is not uh, fail. Yeah. Failure is not the falling down, but it's the staying down. Mm. I heard that many, many, like maybe 10 years ago. And Mm -hmm. I like, it stuck with me for so long because really like, right. Like, everybody fails we Mm -hmm. or even if you don't fail like you don't hit rock bottom you definitely have lack of successes like you don't succeed at everything you do and I can I can go on and on and on about the things that I'm not successful at um and of course it's subjective right like what's successful to me is different for you versus other people um but failure really is if you are not where you want to be or you didn't succeed at something and you just stay there and either you let it go and you quit and you do something else um, Mm -hmm. or you just sulk in it and I think there's also a difference between you know when you do quit something whether it's because you wanted to quit because you you know ran like a 
you know, profit and loss analysis or some sort of like calculation in, you know, maybe like a business sense or, you know, when you took a um, uh, emotion check, right? Like, for example, I was not in a great relationship and I chose to leave it because I was like, when I think about it, and of course, you know, taking feedback from you and parents too, like it wasn't the best for me. And so I left it. So that's different. Like it's different to quit when you want to, when you know it's better for you versus you quit because you're like, eh, this is too hard. I didn't do well or I didn't do well quick enough. And so I'm going to leave. Yeah. Um, so that's my, uh, that's my spiel on why I don't like the word failure because I feel like we get stuck on it. Um, but it's, uh, for me, I think it's more when you don't succeed and how to gain enough momentum and uh, confidence and persistence to, despite that, move on and do it better, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I do uh, think that the whole, the word failure has a very negative stigma out there, right? People really look look at that as something to avoid, something to be um, fearful about, uh, something to minimize, right? But I mean, look look at anyone who's successful or anyone who's happy or any um, big milestones, big goals that you have achieved. I mean, I I mean, I don't know anyone, including myself, uh, that I have achieved anything big without any failure. It's just impossible, you know. So how I like to look at failure and how the the view of failure evolved as I got older and experienced more things is I look look at that as a necessary ingredient uh, prerequisite to success and because of that I uh, I do consider failure as my friend you know Mm -hmm. so that is shifting my whole um, view on what it is. So instead of looking at something like that to be avoided, you're really looking at that as the necessary uh, ingredient to get to where you want to be. You know, so if you look at that way, then it's more like, oh, okay, if if I failed, what what is the uh, the lesson? What are the the the, the silver lining? What are the you know the the takeaways? from this exercise that I can use to try again. So that by trying so many times and tweaking along the way, my odds of getting where I want to be will be significantly you know, higher. So that's, um, that's how my view on failure has evolved. Um, and now you know, I, I do a lot of um, things that is certainly out of my comfort zone that inherently has a lot of risk and a lot of unknown. And, um, you know, you call it, you could call it as a, you know, a, a fear factor, right? There's definitely a, a big element of uh, the ambiguity out there and not knowing, and that is fearful, um, which can result in a lot of failures along the way to get to where you want to be. But um, looking at it, more from a positive perspective and looking failure as a necessary ingredient and knowing that it's not going to be like, you know, there's no shortcut. There's no um, best way to get there, right? That you're going to have whiny roads to get where you are and it's okay. 
then that gives you a peace of mind that, you know what, I will get there. I just have to have the perseverance, the patience, and just kind of power through the failures and, and pick the best out of, uh, pick, pick the lessons out of it. And then, you know, um, and then still, still go and try again, and you will get there. Yeah. I like that um, one snippet where you said there's no shortcut. Um, I, it reminds me of, uh, I read somewhere a question that if somebody could give you a pill uh, that would instantly, you know, fast forward your life and uh, make you happy and uh, a pill or a pill that, you know, fast forward your life and you achieve the level of success and the the life that you want for yourself, mm-hmm. would you take it? And mm-hmm. you can answer, um, but for me, no, because thinking about the last years of my life, um, if, you know, when I was a kid, someone said, okay, fast forward 20 years, you can have the life uh, and I can give that to you right now. Would you want it? But like the last 20, you know, some years were like the ups and downs are the downs, especially are what make me appreciate my life so much more because I've seen, you know, what I've had to overcome and what our family has had to overcome. And like we talked about in the last podcast, like having a dollar store and, uh, you know, helping our parents out in Hungary and, uh, you know, those two are I'm just paraphrasing but there's there was so much that was involved and because of that what I have now feels like luxury and so when you said no shortcut like I feel like that is life you know the ups and the maybe even more so the downs Mm -hmm. um and that having that perspective of like there is no shortcut and this is life and the downs and the failures are what are going to um, amplify how happy you are and how uh, happy you are about your later successes, um, I think is also a really good uh, a, like perspective on, you know, taking a lesson from your failures, but also the, it sounds terrible, but the lower you go, the higher the highs will feel, you know? <laughs> yeah, that is so true. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree. So like, um, it's the it's the memory it's the journey along the way that will be the um the feeling the emotion that the memory you're going to have right the achievement of goal once you achieve that goal that feeling will be fleeting is it's very temporal you know until you have the next goal you know like things will replace right you're gonna evolve and you're gonna grow and you're gonna set new goals but it's the journey like how from the time I have the idea to the time I got to my goal, that whole journey is 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 the is the thing that you're going to forever remember. All the ups and downs, and all the emotion uh, that that you had, you know, whether positive or negative, right? That's going to bring the the stories out, the memories. You know, that those are the stuff that you share, right? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um... It reminds me of, um, I was actually just listening to a, a book yesterday about how when we think of the things that we want, right, like the nice car or the nice bag or whatever, um, it's not that you want that particular item, but it's 
you want the feeling that it will give you. Mm. And it reminded me of um, the, you know, this, I have two uh, LV bags and I got the, the first one my parents gifted me when I was um, moving back from New York to Hungary mm-hmm. and uh, we were in Paris and I just like really really wanted this bag because the school that I was going to go to is like this posh private school and a friend told me that everybody dresses really yeah. nice and like mm-hmm. to fit in you want to have that which all turned out to be not true like there were two people who had LV bags and like this was in high school right in senior year like people aren't able to afford thousands of dollars of bags but in my mind I was like I need to have this because my friend mm-hmm. told me <laughs> I need to like have this to be even just normal right not even to yeah to fit in basically mm-hmm. anyway so parents you know with lots of begging <laughs> buy me this bag and like I still have it I absolutely love it but when I think back to that bag I think of that whole story of I wanted this to fit in and I remember mm-hmm. so clearly like how I felt when I was at the store in Paris and um and it was the feeling of like oh I need this to fit in um mm-hmm. and then the other bag that I have was uh my parents's graduation gift uh after uh undergrad and uh, I have like my initials on it and um it was you know also for me at least it was the combination of having graduated in three years and got this phenomenal job and I wanted this particular bag with my initials with a particular color scheme and it gives me a lot of joy because I know that that was like a like a graduation gift that um summarizes all the hard work that I put in the last three years mm-hmm. um for me at least you know and so when people compliment me on either of those bags like all of like this story just comes up in my mind every single time someone mm-hmm. compliments me and you know I just say thank you but in my head I'm like oh there's so much about this bag that like you don't know about you know and so um yeah when you were just talking about uh you know the the emotions and the feelings that come with ultimately mm-hmm. achieving something it's so true you know it's not that we want something or our goal at the end but it's everything that it that it encompasses and all the feelings that you've felt and also who you shared it with you know right like yeah I think of parents and graduation and stuff like that um and same with you know when uh, I talked to you about the uh previous like dollar store hungry and all that stuff like I think about the people I shared it with which is you and parents and um yeah so it's uh it's interesting how if you think just a little bit more about your goals and why you have those goals and also you know what we talked about a few episodes ago uh, ago about finding your why like when you dig a little deeper it Mm -hmm. it kind of reveals a whole different world when you also dig a little deeper as a result into yourself you know like why do I want this for myself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh that's interesting so like basically you're looking at those bags as a symbolism of your whole journey right so it once someone compliments the the whole journey comes flat of you know kind of gives you flashbacks of um you know from emotional perspective and just appreciation of the whole process uh yeah so I, I guess like for different people um it may uh, it may be reflected differently, right? So for you, it might be something like a bag, or so for some people, it could be you know a, a reward in in different way, you know, maybe like a trip, you know, or uh, maybe buying a car, buying clothing, or um, you know, or or spend like basically spending money um, in a, in a different way, but um, yeah, like creating symbolism, right? 
something yeah. that that kind of reminds you of the whole uh, the process, the whole journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, if you could share with us a time that you didn't succeed or you felt like you failed. Um, okay, so I was uh, brainstorming about this. Uh, I came up with two stories, um, but I think the the one that it's um, very applicable to, you know, people our age or people that want to do something uh, very different, maybe um, starting their own business or uh, leaving their uh, corporate America job or just t- t- doing something very different where your life is going to be heading a very different direction. I think that would be a little bit more applicable. So I'll start with that one. And then the other example, it's uh, kind of like going back to the early years of when I was in school and, um, you know, like a failure or, or uh, a struggle I had there and how I over overcame that and what is the, you know, how I did that. And I, th- I think that would be applicable from like the emotional um, aspect of it. So the first one I wanted to uh, talk about is the, uh, the first well, not the first, but it's first business that I started um, uh, with an idea uh, that I use my, my you basically as my guinea pig to test out the idea. And that was um, related to um, education um, in uh, college. So there's um, there, uh, the, the company was called SmartGrad. And what it did is it was trying to um, cut down the cost to pursue college and also accelerate the, uh, instead of spending four years or a total of let's say 120 credits to get to your degree that you um, can replace some of those credits by uh, a shortcut. And what I mean with shortcut is through various exams that can give you credit. So instead of actually going through the whole class course in a lecture hall, doing all that uh, from semester to semester, you could study on your own and take the exam by passing or achieving certain grade that can be um, equivalent to um, you know, three, four, five credits of um, class. So that was pretty much the concept behind it. And the 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 um, um, when did I come up with the idea and how I went about and how that kind of you know failed was it was during first couple years of my uh, corporate job. So I started as a as a tax associate, uh, not tax, uh, audit associate. So I was an accountant in a, like a mid-sized firm in Manhattan, and then uh, you know I was doing well, uh, but I always had this idea of like you know just doing a business on my own. And then it was just like I became very restless about it. You know, like this 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 feeling, this thought that I need to do something, you know, build something, um, just would not leave me alone. So I was kind of like unhappy at work because of, you know, I wanted to venture out and do something. And I started, um, just decided, okay, I'm just going to quit my job and, um, you know, 
try to figure this out. So I quit my job um, about two years after two years working as an accountant and um, started this really without much research of, first of all, the, the biggest question to ask is, does the market even know your product or is, is this product, this service, is this something that can be taught easily? And is, that, is there a need for such service, right? So things like that are very, very important uh, due diligence process you have to go through um, to lower your risk. You know, if no one is, knows about this, this concept and no one is curious to find out, um, then why would they ever pay you money to go through this, right? It will take you very long time to, to prove it to them, to teach them, uh, to get to a point where they're comfortable giving you money for your service, right? So that's one of the, um, uh, you know, the very important thing that I missed, which uh, contributed to this not working out. But basically what I did is I quit my job. I rented a um, space in, um, in like a, a commercial area um, and I built out my, my facility, which was like a room. And then I had my desk, my sign, and then like a, you know, couple tables, um, to do the, uh, the consultation. And I tried to market it through like newspaper online, um, various things. And it just was no traction. So I started with like a lot of passion, right? Um, but then it kind of like died out as the months went by and, um, you know, you have all those expenses you have to pay for. So the rent was a big chunk of the monthly expense. And then, you know, there's advertising, there's, um, other, you know, supplies, you know, I had to set up the whole office and also had to renovate it because before the office was just very, you know, old, uh, condition. So I had to like put new flooring, new paint, uh, spend, you know, many hundreds of dollars in time. Um, so, so yeah. And then the other thing that I wanted to touch on regarding the how, why I failed and the, the, the lesson that I learned from this is that I don't think it's a good idea to quit your job before you have something established. Um, it's, it doesn't have to be really big, but something that proves that your business has some kind of a momentum and that you can get some clients, people are interested and that uh, they're willing to pay for this service or goods, right? So I left without any of those. Um, and so as far as like, you know, I lost a lot of money paying rent and all those other expenses. Um, I remember I was tabulating um, and then I lost like over $30,000. And mind you, like, that was when I was just starting out working like two years in. So I didn't have much saving. That's pretty much all my saving went into like, you know, all this expense. So that was very, very depressing. So like a um, few months into this process, I got pretty depressed. I'm like, okay, is this something that I should uh, put more money and wait it out and, you know, try more marketing or this is something that I should uh, either put on hold, uh, think more about it, do uh, you know market research and all of that, and then come back to it later on. So I was thinking about it, and I decided to go back to work. So I started looking for a job and went back to 
another corporate job. So all in all, this whole exercise was about um, six months, I would say, from the time I quit to the time I, you know, wrapped up and I'm like, okay, I can't really do this anymore. So it's six months, um, you know, wasn't too long, but if I were to, if I was, you know, kind of going longer than six months, uh, it would have burned a lot more money. And I don't think there was a much chance for me to turn this around and uh, make this work at that point. So, you know, so the lesson from this is don't quit your job until you have some, uh, your business uh, established to a point where you can transition into it right after you don't have your day job. So it's like a smooth transition into this and then you can scale up. Um, and then uh, also have a clear plan of what your um, business looks like. So like know your what, how, and why, right? Like, what are you doing? How are you going to do it? And why are you doing it? You know, like how, like, for example, in this, um, for this company, Smart Brad, like, how would I um, get the person? And if that person is interested, how am I going to offer the product? How long will it be? What are the stages? What is he going to be, uh, the student going to be responsible? How is he going to review it? Uh, how, am, how much am I going to be involved in the process? And, um, you know, so all those little things have to be figured out. Um, and the other thing I want to talk about in terms of the, um, the, the lesson is that a lot of times we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to come up with something so brand new that no one has done that before. A lot of times, you know, you could build a good business uh, just being a little bit innovative on something that was uh, has been done and a lot of other people are doing. So second time around, you know, I focus more on real estate and that is where I, you know, flourish now, um, really learning from all those mistakes I did at SmartGrad. And, um, you know, it's a lot more sustainable model now. Like I know my customers, I know what they, uh, need um, and I know my competitors, other you know landlords, other investors. What are they offering? And then I ask myself, can I you know obviously offer um, the the same or the better? Is can I how can I offer a better product? And that but but at the same time, tenant doesn't have to um, pay much more, right? So how can I innovate in this space where I can offer more value? to the um, you know, customer at the same price uh, or a little bit uh, more, but there's a lot more value that the customer will, will um, enjoy. So things like that, um, you know. So the failure from SmartGrad, yes, it caused a lot of emotional turmoil, you know, um, lost a lot of money but I try to always look at the, the bright side, you know, what are the lessons that I learned and how I can apply that going forward when I want to build a second business or more in the future. <clears throat> so kind of uh, going back to the um, smart grad um, concept, you know, when you were uh, involved, how I tested uh, on you is like, I don't know how many uh, exams did you take? So I, I told you about it and then you went to take a few exams and you were able to uh, save how many classes? Do you remember? 
you know I don't exactly remember but I think it might have been like four because I remember I had two AP classes that got transitioned in and there was a limit on how many um, credits I can transition in through these methods mm-hmm. um, and like I was coming up against it so like maybe four but you know to your point like these aren't just four classes like oh okay you know brush it under the table it's like basically a whole semester <laughs> and also yeah. like countless hours of being in the class and the money that goes into it and the homework and the quizzes and the tests and all that stuff so um yeah but I think all in I uh with AP um I think I got to transition in 30 units which is like a oh, whole wow. year <laughs> which and, is also know, the why, listeners, like, uh the listeners if you guys are you know, interested, um, the exams, there are like few exams offered um, and you have to check with your school. Like some schools will accept much more and some uh, don't even accept any of them, right? So you just have to check uh, what your school policy is regarding these kind of exams. But um, the, 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 uh, the exam that is um, very versatile and has a lot of subject is uh, called CLEP. That's uh, spelled C-L-E-P. And that's, um, uh, you could take exam, I think you took it uh, online, right? You go to a test center and then you just, uh, so you go to a test center where there are a lot of test centers that offer this. You would just take the exam and then by um, getting a certain grade and that's also determined by the uh, school. So the school will tell you what is the uh, percentage that you have to achieve in order for you to get the equivalent credit in, you know, the equivalent college credit. So usually it's like a, uh, you know, 70, 75. Um, so once you get that, then, you know, you're, um, your college will grant the equivalent uh, credit, which arrange, arrange between like three to five credit per uh, exam. Yeah, and there's a lot of subjects. So like math, history, English, like there's a whole bunch. Um, and also this is basically like AP, but if you missed out on APs or didn't do as many in uh, high school, you can take CLEP exams while you're in uh, undergrad. So um, it's like, because like it sounds a little odd because nobody talks about it but it's super legit and I did a bunch and the school knew about it so um, Mm -hmm. it's not like schools don't know about it Um, so it's basically an AP but it allows you to take them you know after high school and oh no actually you can take it um you know before uh college like in high school too so but Mm -hmm. the risk you run over there is like if unless you know uh, which school you're going to or the, you know, a few that you're applying to and that there's a good chance that if you pass that those will, uh, those credits will be acknowledged over there, then go ahead and do it. But there's no time frame where, yo, you have to do it in college. You can do it in high school too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just gives you that extra like added time if you weren't, you know, in AP classes and you still want to kind of take advantage of that and also there's uh, a lot of prep books for it so it's not like if you take the exam you're out there alone and you have to study from scratch like there's um, a couple companies that do prep books kind of like the SAT ACT prep books that uh, Mm -hmm. teach you basically everything you need to know um, at the very least for you to be able to pass like I passed them took completely fine Mm -hmm. and I was in school studying for these things so yeah it was a great great resource and uh, helped me a lot in finishing my dual degrees in uh, undergrad um, in three years as opposed to four so 
yeah, I definitely took advantage of it and uh, thought it was really helpful. And um, yeah, I, I remember the time when you started Smart Grad, and I still have a pen from your uh, marketing pens. <laughs> and yeah, I keep it like I haven't used it in a while. So I don't know if it actually works. But you know, like the, the it's a memento. Um, yeah. And uh, I wanted to touch on something that you had said about suggesting not quitting your job before, you know, this is more of a viable option and you can transition Mm -hmm. smoothly. Um, Mm -hmm. We often think about the people who succeed, like, you know, Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg. Um, They didn't finish school, right? So if they can do Mm -hmm. it and become these gigantically successful entrepreneurs, so can everybody else. And I think the the mistake or the fallacy that people think is that you need to be able to devote all of your time and all of your energy to this venture um, because Mm -hmm. only then can it, you know, succeed. Um, But I was reading a book a few years ago and uh, the author was saying that actually that's not the case most of the time um, Mm -hmm. that the people who end up quitting you know, their jobs or uh, school, they actually had a fallback plan that nobody talks about. Um, So for example, like, I think it was Mark Zuckerberg. uh, He had actually told his uh, school that I'm going to quit, but can I take a leave of absence for a year? And if I, you know, want to come back, can I come back? And the school said, that's fine. So he took he took a pause and then you know ultimately never went back but mm-hmm. it wasn't he he wasn't like he was like oh i have this great idea i'm going to leave now and do this like he was also mm-hmm. risk averse mm-hmm. and he negotiated with the school like can i come back after a year you know no risk for me um uh, and the school said fine and he's like okay that's good so i'll just you know go do my thing and obviously now we know he's insanely successful um and uh, steve jobs right did it out of or steve jobs or um Oh my gosh, uh, uh, Bill Gates, I can't remember, but started out of their garage and, you know, didn't just leave all of a sudden, but like did that for, you know, a while until it gained traction and then they left. So Mm -hmm. we think about, you know, these success stories as, you know, overnight success. They were like, this is going to be a great idea. I'm going to quit, devote all my energy and uh, people hear about me and it exploded. And now they're like multi-billionaires. But Mm -hmm. I think, you know, they're not, they're also risk averse. And the author, um, the case that the author made was that when you have a fallback plan and you know that if this doesn't work out, you're going to be um, more of a risk taker in this new venture because you know that you have a fallback plan so for Mm -hmm. example mark zuckerberg he knew okay i have a year if it fails that's fine i'll just go back to school and like Mm -hmm. i was going to be already in school so he Mm -hmm. you know obviously i've never talked to him that was totally a dream but he you know the the author makes the case that he was more of a risk taker during that year because he's like, well, I don't have that much to lose. And, um, you know, like you were saying with people who maintain their full-time jobs until it's, you know, more viable for them to transition, when you mm-hmm. have monthly income, bi-weekly income to come in, mm-hmm. when you burn through, you know, a couple thousand dollars or $30,000, it's still a huge impact. But knowing that money is coming in every other week, helps mm-hmm. you know because you're like okay at least this is my passion project if it succeeds wonderful I can do this full time but if it doesn't I have this already you know right. um, and uh, to your point about 
you know, not having to create a brand new market and doing something that you already know kind of and how you can uh, tweak and make it better. Um, I uh, am reading a book by Tim Ferriss and he talks about how there's two types of products or success stories that you can make. One is like you said, you create a brand new product and it's like this whole new thing that people are like, wow, I can't live without. So you have to invent something basically. And the other is everyday objects just made better by you. And he's mm-hmm. like, the first one is so hard to make. Don't even think about it. <laughs> Try to <laughs> in the second category, yeah. which is true, right? Like how many things can you think of that are like brand, brand new? And mm-hmm. you're like, I have to have it. Like, there's not that many. And, you know, they're multi-billionaires and super successful because they should be. Like, they created something that, you know, they realized the world didn't have and needed. So it's like creating mm-hmm. nothing out of thin air. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know this because you watched the the videos on Masterclass. But, like, uh, Blake Lively, I think. No, wait. Yeah. yeah, Blake. Is this Blake Lively? I always mix oh, up. No, it's Sarah. Sarah, Sarah Blake. Blake. i always mix up the the actress and the and the spanx founder but yeah right she one day was like i want to wear white pants but i can't wear any underwear with it because none of it fits with the white pants so you know what do i do and so she cut the uh, feet off of um, this like pantyhose and uh, ultimately now we know Spanx which is like this huge huge success story so she had an issue and she was like what do I do and then she went for it Um, but also in the in the videos she talks about how she went to her um, uh, sales reps at like Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's that Mm -hmm. she already had a relationship with because she shops with them and she asked them do your other customers have this issue? And if I did something like this, would they be interested in a product like this? And they said, yeah, I think that would actually really sell. And because, you know, when they uh, shop, they help shop with the customer, um, when they want to buy pants like that or whatever, they can also tack Spanx on. And so she, Sarah was like, okay, this is actually probably a viable option. Let me try Mm -hmm. it. So she did do that market research a little bit. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's also something that she was so intimately close to because this is something that she would wear every single day. And Mm -hmm. it was a problem that she found. um, And she knew probably all women have these issues. Um, Mm -hmm. And then one other story that I, uh, that I just was um, listening to was, you know, this too, the GoPro founder, he was like I want to go surfing and so like put his own camera on his surfboard okay. and then through various various um prototypes he ultimately created GoPro which you know mm-hmm. now everybody uses and mm-hmm. so it's something that he was also intimately intimately familiar with right like he mm-hmm. surfs ev- probably every day and wanted to you know catch himself on camera um and started making his own you know, GoPro kind of thing out of just cameras and gear and stuff like that. And then yeah. made something phenomenal. Um, so yeah, and, and to your point about real estate, like we, you and me and parents have been in this for so long. Um, and for you to add value to your tenants is, you know, you still have to be creative and outside of your box, but it's something that you live and breathe because you have been a tenant, you've been a landlord for a long time. And so, you know, what people like what the tenants are looking for and where you could add value yeah and going back to the um the GoPro um example that you gave um I, I wanted to mention there's this book that I just finished reading and um it talks about you have to make sure 
whatever venture you're in uh, into that you're willing to eat the shit sandwich. And this this book is uh, it's called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, the the author that wrote the Eat, Pray, and Love. So what she means with shit sandwich is uh, like basically it's all that fear. Uh, failures, obstacles along the way, right? So for you to go and um, do this business or this idea, execute on this goal, right? It has to be, you have to have enough passion, perseverance, energy to overcome all these obstacles, failures, fears, you know, like you need to be so energized and so passionate about something that whatever, how, whatever it takes, You'll, you'll make it work. So you have to be able to eat the shit sandwich. So everything like the GoPro guy or uh, my story or uh, Sarah Blakely, the shit sandwich will look differently for different industry, different uh, person. But what is guaranteed is you're going to have many shit sandwiches. So you have to make sure whatever you're um, putting your time, um, you know, it's, it's worth your time and that it's based on passion. Yeah, yeah, sort of that fire. And it's, it's like how you were saying, if there's an opportunity or something, is, it a, is your reaction a hell yes? And I think, you know, it's not to think about it prospectively, meaning am I willing to, to eat that shit sandwich sounds bad and like, oh, of course, you know, I, it's hard to find that, um, that venture or that goal. But I think when you find it, when it comes to you, you will know because you'll have this fire that like you with smart grad, right? Like you, you weren't, you were antsy at your own job because you wanted to do this. Um, and so it just like caught you when you're like, okay, I have to do this. And so I think when you when you have that thing that comes up, you'll know. And eating the shit sandwich isn't going to sound so shitty <laughs> because yeah. you'll love this and you want to make this happen. And anything right. else that you could possibly doing uh, is not as um, energetic and uh, mm-hmm. you know passionate. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's fine. Like you know, smart grad. Yes, I'm like okay. I need to quit, and then I have to start this. And I I did it right. Like I act on it. I I try my best, right? But then it turns out to be this is the shit sandwich I'm not willing to eat anymore. So I call it quits, and then just go back, uh, remedy the situation, go back to corporate America, and you know have another idea. Uh, you know. Um, you know, hibernate or like brew in my mind where I can execute. So it's fine if you find out along the way that this is not the shit sandwich you want to eat, but um, definitely, you know, act on it, like try it. Right. So, so then you will know whether this is, or this is not. Right. Yeah. I wanted to ask you how that transition was um, when you realized that smart grad might not be what you had uh, hoped it and imagined to be and um you know learning that and then going back to corporate america and ultimately doing something different like i really want to um dive more into how you felt and um what that thought process was like and whether you felt your own disappointment or embarrassment or and you know this is like i'm not saying because I was, you know, thinking about these things, but like, how was that transition for you? Because I struggle with that a lot. Um, 
whenever I make a mistake um, or, you know, do something and it doesn't end up uh, turning out as good as I had hoped for, I like really, really get really hard on myself and I feel disappointed in myself, but I also feel embarrassed um, for myself, but also like, oh, what do other people think of me? And I just, a part of it too is, you know, this, I'm very, very emotional and I feel emotions very intensely. And so it, it takes a lot for me to pick myself back up and move on, which, you know, of course I do. Like I'm, you know, like you, I'm very like, you know, what's the next big, uh, better thing. Um, and the way I um, help get out of a rut is by talking to you and parents. Like I just have to like, you know, like vent out verbally all the things that are going through my mind um, and have another person tell me objectively what I should be doing or, you know, the, whatever I'm thinking is not as bad or whatever. So I really want to like dive deeper into how you felt and what was that turning point for you where you were like, okay, I put in $30,000, I put in six months. And although I really want this to succeed and I love this idea and I've seen it, uh, I've seen it work because my sister did it. Um, how, what was that turning point where you were like, okay, I'm just going to cut my losses get over myself and do something different. Yeah, that's a very um, important thing to kind of, you know, uh, amplify, like just to uh, share, right? Um, so emotional point at that time, I felt very small. So I felt, I, I felt depressed. Like every day, all, all my thoughts were negative. And I, I was, um, so when there's a lot of, um, when something gets very overwhelming for me, um, you know, whether it, it, it be, uh, too much stimulation from outside, like a lot of things happening, bombarding me, that could be something that I feel very overwhelmed or that there are so many unknowns and uh, things out of my control um, that I don't, I can't, I, I can't have like a, like a strategy moving forward and there's too much unknown. Um, I get uh, my reaction to this overstimulation is um, shutting down. So I would just shut down. Like I would not like smile. I would not think positive. I just become very small. Like I, I just, you know, uh, sit in a room for a long time, just not talking, just in my head, like a lot of things just running in my head and just kind of be uh, consumed with thoughts and just not do anything. That's how I deal with overstimulation. Now I know that this is like the the the, the state that I'm going to, uh, that I'm just all in my head and and there's no energy left for me to 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 act right to to do to innovate to be creative, so so my my thought was okay, um, at least I tried, right? Like I need to start thinking a little positive. I need to be able to dig myself out of this hole because this is temporary this is not gonna define me forever right this is just a cho one choice out of so many choice I have made and I will make um, so I need to just acknowledge that I tried and that there's not going to be regret later on um, I think I may have regretted more if I did not try than tried and that it didn't work out 
So, um, so that was something that I was like feeding myself and like, okay, I tried, you know, let's just cut the losses. Like it's not going to work, but I, at least I tried. So, and then, and then that kind of started opening myself up and I was starting looking for a job. And then, uh, so my thought pattern was, let me go back to what I'm good at, uh, what I used to do before. Uh, to buy myself uh, some time so I can establish something else I can go into, which then became real estate. So I need I needed that comfort zone to go back where I can, you know, have steady income, um, have, you know, a, a job to go to, a, a predictable, controllable environment where, okay, these are the projects I have and people surrounding me. There's really not much unknown, right? So that it gives me uh, a little fuzzy feeling, you know? And then uh, once I muster up all the energy, I feel good. And then I have built something else that's sustainable. Then I can quit and then uh, establish that. So um, it is a point. It's kind of a value, right? Like you start with a lot of energy and then it doesn't work out. You could <clears throat> be, uh, end up very depressed, uh, shutting down, feeling small. Um, but then you have to still try to bring yourself out of it by knowing that this is a temporary temporal um uh, situation that this does not define you and that you have to think positive so that you can um you know build your future so that 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 was the thought pattern i had before yeah yeah i uh, i like your emphasis on your thought process of I tried and it's better to have tried and to fail than to never try at all, which ends up being by default failure because you just yeah. never tried. You know, one, one symptom of my depression, like literally at that time. And now like looking back, I'm like, this, this definitely uh, caused the whole situation. So I have one of my um, tooth um, uh, had a root canal. And that was a procedure done a couple years before I started smart grad and it was doing fine. And then when I started like entering to this like depressing mode, um, a few months into smart grad, like that tooth around that tooth, my gum started like being swollen and it would like turn color and it like pus would like ooze out of it. So it was uh, obviously something really horribly wrong about it. Right. <clears throat> And then obviously I went to the doctor and then checked it and they're like, okay, this root canal totally failed, meaning like you have a bacteria infection and just we have to pull the, the remaining uh, root of the tooth out. And then you just have to put like a, you know, fake tooth, like the, what is it called? The uh, uh, implant. Yeah, implant. So eventually I did that. But <clears throat> what really caused that, and, and that's from my opinion, is... Um, when you're feeling so depressed and so negative, like your immune system is not going to be tip top, uh, you know, uh, shape, right? So your immune system is, is suppressed. Um, you're less likely to fight off disease, right? So I think that all definitely contributed to the, um, the whole situation with my root canal. So I'm like, that was another sign. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm literally falling apart here because I'm so depressed. Like this is not no way to go. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy to me. And still, you know, every time I hear a story like this, I'm still shocked, even though we both know that mental health and physical health is so, so connected. Like, 
I don't know why I, every time I hear a story like this, including yours, I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> when I know over and over again that you're right, like mental health and, you know, the level of stress and happiness and depression and um, things like that is so connected to physical health. I remember um, when I was studying for the bar exam in California, um, I developed shingles, which is when chickenpox comes back. Mm-hmm. And it happens most often when you're under an intense, intense level of stress. And I went to the doctor and, you know, I didn't know this. I didn't even know what I had. Like, I was just like, this place is really, really itchy for like weeks. <laughs> and um, and the doctor was like, oh, it's like shingles. Uh, you know, have you had any changes or like, did you get the chickenpox vaccine or did you have the vaccine? Uh, did you have chickenpox? Stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, are you stressed? And I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> This is like the bar exam. Like, so, so stressed out. So, yeah, like. <laughs> it you know it's so so connected um so yeah that's that's really uh interesting also sad but interesting um it's a good reminder that we really really have to take care of our physical health but also our mental health like yeah you know you could be exercising eating well and sleeping but if you are sad or very stressed out like those things can't compensate you know your your brain is so powerful um so that's really, really interesting. Oh, um, uh, I, I learned something very interesting about this. So did you know that your brain, your gut, and your immune system is just like one system? Like I was reading somewhere that uh, when the babies form, like, uh, you know, uh, in, in uterus, right? This, this whole, um, the, the communication system is just like literally one piece. And then it, it starts diverting, but it's all in, interconnected. So what I'm trying to say is that whatever you think up in your brain and uh, your uh, um, immune system, as well as what's happening in your digestive uh, tract, like, you know, uh, the, uh, the things that you crave, the things that you c- consume, how do you break it down? Um, you know, this whole system is just one. Mm-hmm. So nothing is uh, on its own. Everything is just, it's one piece. So however you think will affect everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. I did not know that, but I 100% believe that mm-hmm. because when I'm stressed out or sad, I want to eat ice cream or chocolate or like those high sugar high calorie things because that gives like some, you know, like a physical sense of energy, right? Like a boost mm-hmm. of energy. So yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. This has been quite the, quite the episode. I feel like we've talked about so many different things, but also tackled like a really big one. Um, so this was really, really fascinating. And um, getting to hear more about your story too. Like, even though um this wasn't that long ago, like I was doing my own thing and, um, um, you know, wasn't like fully in the loop on smart grad and like getting to talk about it now is, uh, really interesting. Cause there's things that I just didn't know of. Um, and I think it's also better now as opposed to like having, you know, asked you then because you were, you know, just like in the process or moving on. And so I think it's, it's better in a way to talk about it now. Um, when you know you've done other things and you clearly found your space right so like it's Mm -hmm. not as 
close to you, um, which is, I think, good. Um, so to uh, end our episode, as we always do, is there something from this week that you want to share with our listeners? Uh, why don't you go first? Sure. Um, this week, I was so what really resonated with me is to feel our emotions um, and to not just like brush them aside. So on Thursday and Friday, I was in a terrible mood. Like, I don't even know why. <laughs> I was just very, very sad, very low, very not motivated. Um, it was just like, I just felt really like down. And um, to the point where like, I, you know, I'm usually really good at texting people back, but I was just like, I can't text people back. And I like, just was like, I don't know, just, I, I've never been depressed or I've never been clinically diagnosed depressed, but if this is anything like what depression feels like, I don't ever want to be depressed. And I feel for the people who are depressed. And obviously this was not clinical depression and I'm feeling much better now. Um, but Thursday and Friday were super rough and I didn't know why. Like I'm not PMSing because it's not that time of the month. I was still eating right. I was still exercising uh, every day. I was still sleeping. Um, work wasn't, I mean, it was busy, but it wasn't like particularly busy. So I just like didn't know what it was. Um, but I was like, you know what, Lee, like you're feeling this way and you don't usually feel this way. So like, just feel it, you know, and whenever you move on, you'll move on and that'll be that. Um, and it happened like, Friday afternoon, Friday evening, I was still in like this intense rut. And I um, was like, I don't know where I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna clean the apartment and then go get myself pizza. <laughs> I thought the pizza actually was gonna be the turning point because I really liked that pizza and I was gonna go watch a movie. Mm -hmm. But then I cleaned my apartment, um, my room. I felt, I felt way better. Like I was back to normal after that, which is weird because like the apartment and my room wasn't particularly dirty um so there really wasn't that much to clean and I don't know why that that was a turning point but it was and then I felt fine and then you know I went to go get my pizza and watch the movie and now I'm like fine but um yeah I just I feel like this week it was you know me telling myself like it's okay and even though you don't know why you're feeling this way just feel it and move on when you move on you know mm -hmm. And, you know, you, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, also variables where, you know, we're all like stuck at home, right? Yeah. And your work, it just involves uh, so much hours of, of your, 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 your waking, you know, waking hours, like, you know, exhausted, right? Like sometimes you're just so drained out. There's really nothing. <laughs> you don't feel like, you know, hopping around and then singing, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just felt like I needed to give myself permission to like not always be in tip top shape. You know, I think we're mm -hmm. always trying to like, we're especially with social media, right? Like you see people being happy and being successful and all that stuff. And you're like, oh, I must be feeling that way too. And so whenever you have anything that's not like that, you're like, oh, I can't feel this way. Why am I feeling this way? Um, but, you know, this is life, right? Like we were saying the lows and the highs and um, this is giving you guys a permission to feel whatever you're feeling like you're a human being darn it <laughs> yeah yeah and try to do things that you like i mean okay so um now that you asked so uh, that's going to be a, a good transition so i started listening to this um uh class uh on uh, ukulele and uh, on master class so there's this teacher uh from hawaii he's a world-renowned uh, ukulele player 
and he's uh, giving a, a class of teaching ukulele from the from the ground up, right? So, like this guy is uh, like really passionate, and amazing. So I think ukulele is one of those instruments. It's like like an underdog. Like no one really talks about it, and it, I don't see music schools teaching it, right? You usually see like you know, uh, uh, guitars, uh, piano, violin. Those are the classical instrument, but I I don't know any school that actually teaches ukulele as a, an instrument, right? So um, so that that has been something uh, that I've been kind of. Uh, you know, trying to get better at. And this class is really like installing a lot more passion in me and seeing his passion on men. It's very, very nice. Um, so just going back to, you know, your feeling, right? Like if, if you don't feel good, uh, try deliberately seeking out things that gives you energy, right? For me, like it would be like listening to audiobook, gardening, uh, playing some kind of instrument, you know, things like that give me so much energy. And by you doing that for like, let's say 15 minutes, like your whole, whole, whole um, energy level is up. And then like, you cannot even, um, it's very hard to go back where you came from, like you're already kind of like happy, right? And then it's just going upwards from there. Yeah, yeah, I do have to say, like, I don't know, for some reason, Thursday, Friday, like, I couldn't even get there. Like, I knew that I, you know, could be doing the things that give me joy, but I couldn't even do them. Like, I was just, like, so low. And, you know, on Friday, I worked out, which typically is, like, you know, uh, a fast track to me being in a better mood. Um, But that doesn't even help. Like, I worked out, and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess sometimes you just, I don't know, like, most of the times, I agree, that totally, totally works. And I always feel better after um, doing whatever, you know, gives me joy, like, you know, biking or uh, running or reading. But yeah, I don't know, something about Thursday, Friday was, uh, was rough. But I think you're right. We're in the middle of a pandemic and my whole little life is uh, encapsulated in my own room and like my apartment. Um, So it's definitely a different time um, than usual. Um, And on the note of uh, doing things that make you happy, I am now going to go to the farmer's market um, as I go every Sunday and get to meet my uh, farmer farmer's market friends which is the vendors <laughs> i don't actually have friends who go to the farmer's market with me um and uh, gonna go get some fresh produce for the week ahead so um i'm gonna go do that cool. you go you go buy your produce i'm gonna eat my own vegetables i know i know Very yeah nice. i started i started planting uh fall winter vegetables like squash and like different nice. lettuces oh it's 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 so cool that's super cool yeah. I, yeah, I can't wait to see the pictures. Hopefully, be able to fly there so I can see it in person. But yeah, man, COVID needs to go away. <laughs> I know, man. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for this chat. Yeah, it's been it's it's been a lot of fun going down <laughs> the memory lane. Cool. All right. So this is Grace, and this is Lee signing off (laughs) to just thrive.